Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Welcome to the free version of the Michael Savage podcast, and I'm going to keep it free for all of you. But there are many of you who would love to be able to listen to my show without any ads. I love ads, but many of you want to listen to the podcast free of ads. So we created something for you, a solution. We call it the Savage Premium. For less than the price of one flat, tasteless beer at your local bar, you can receive access to all of my podcasts going back years ad-free for just $3.99. That's at $3.99 a month. You'll get not only my ad-free podcast, but you will also occasionally receive access to material that is exclusive for members only, and I'm going to give you the list in a minute of what you've, what you've missed. You're going to get an occasional monologue from me, maybe a reading from one of my novels, sneak peeks of interviews before anyone else hears them, archive pieces dating back to 1994. Many things that come up, you're going to get exclusive access to Michael Savage material. Details can be seen on my website, michaelsavage.com, and if you want to join... All you got to do is go to glow.fm and search Savage Premium. That's glow.fm and search Savage Premium. Now, you will always have access to my free weekly podcast. I want to be clear about that. That's my promise to you. But if you want less ads and more Savage, join the Savage Premium Club today and never miss a spoken word of mine. It's glow.fm slash Savage Premium. You can find it on michaelsavage.com. And here's some of the stuff that you have missed so far. Michael Savage reading from his best-selling novel, Countdown to Mecca. My words, my voice. Savage reads from one of his lost journals, Fiji, 1968. Savage's first drive-time show, Hour One. My interview with the Jewish gangster, very popular. I uh, read from my first written published article, Who Is at the Helm? 
from 1965. It's heard nowhere but on my premium site. I read passages from my novel, Abuse of Power. Uh, we replayed Fat Al's Tuna. My Savage Show from 324.94, the earliest show in the archive, 324.94. My interview with Donald Trump from 110.2011. 110.2011, while Mark Levin was mocking him and Sean Hannity was mocking him uh, and the others were mocking him, I was interviewing Trump. Much more. And remember, subscribers also get ad-free podcasts every week. The cost is less than a beer at a bar, and you get a better buzz with, with the Savage Premium. So go to, go to glow.fm slash Savage Premium for full access to ad-free podcasts and exclusive sound you'll not hear anywhere else. Thank you very much. The tellers agree in their tallies that the total number of votes cast is 433 of which the Honorable Hakeem Jeffries of the state of New York has received 212. The Honorable Kevin McCarthy of the state of California has received 201. The Honorable Byron Donalds of the state of Florida has received 17. The Honorable Kevin Hearn of the state of Oklahoma has received two. The Honorable Donald J. Trump of the state of Florida has received one, with one recorded as present. No member elect having received a majority of the votes cast a speaker has not been elected. All right, here's another great Michael Savage podcast coming your way. What you're going to listen to is a conversation between two great conversationalists, myself and Jeff Rovin, a novelist behind some of the best-selling books in the Tom Clancy series. But beyond that, he's a very knowledgeable guy. I know you've come to love our conversations. And first in our conversation today is the crazy situation that's going on in the House of Representatives as the House kept failing to elect a speaker for the first time in over 100 years. Waiting to hear what we have to say about that. From there, Jeff and I covered a lot of ground, ranging from the political to the philosophical, the meaning of life and death. Is there an afterlife from our point of view? Uh, movies, films, television, the coming Republican primaries, the effect of the digital age, and much more. I know you're going to love it. Thank you for listening. I'm Michael Savage. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Jeff. I see you loud and sharply. Okay. Uh, what is this about your beard? Are we voting? Is that is that the uh, <laughs> caucus? Yeah, we're voting. You know, you want to hear how silly social media is? I'm a, <laughs> I'm an obsessive uh, tweeter, as yeah. some people have come to see. <laughs> Clearly, my question of whether I should cut my beard got more response than about the war, inflation, or Donald Trump. Well, we figure we can do something about the beard. There's nothing we can do about any of the other stuff. <laughs> so, Jeff, we're watching the Speaker of the House of Ill Repute uh, go on here, on and on. Poor Kevin McCarthy is crippled. No matter what happens now, he's basically he, he's going in basically in a wheelchair. E even if he pulls this off and they smear off enough people to get him to vote for him with enough stuff promised, he's crippled, isn't he? Yeah, but that's not the interesting takeaway to me. Um, okay. What what we're seeing here is, you know, there's an old saying about look at the root and not the fruit. We're seeing the fruit of a very, very uh, damaged root. And it's been it's been years that the Republicans have been brutalized, particularly conservatives. And we're seeing them push back now. Yes, it's unfortunate. It's at one of their own. 
but I think it's a prelude to what we're going to be seeing in Congress and then in the next presidential election. What do you mean? Well, it's the, it's the idea that uh, that the conservatives have been maligned and marginalized and are really going to push back hard. So you're saying that people are holding out, obviously, are the hardcore conservatives or even moderate conservatives, not establishment Republicans like Kevin McCarthy, and uh, they just will not fold. No, and and nor should they in some respects. I mean, of course, we want to we want to have a functioning government, uh, or maybe we don't. I don't know. Um, but what what happened during the Trump administration was, you know, the deep state out of control and the uh, the savaging, if you'll pardon the expression, of, mm-hmm. of a sitting president often by unlawful means. And so these 20 representatives are digging in their heels and saying, anybody who, what was Reagan's expression, a pastel Republican, uh, not in bold colors, anybody who's a pastel Republican is not going to get our support. We want to see full-throated debate. We want to see, we want to see this compromise come to an end. We want America back. You know, but listen, as you're saying this, Mitch McConnell, who I call Moonshine Mitch, is celebrating with Biden right now somewhere, I think on the border or in Texas. It's shocking for me to look at Mitch McConnell, who looks to me like absolutely the worst man in the history of American politics, as corrupt as they come. Uh, I don't have to go down the list. The man stinks to high heaven. He's celebrating with Biden. I think he's pulling the strings behind the scenes because my analysis tells me that he does not want the majority in either house or senate he loves ruling as a minority leader he has far more power than he would as a majority leader number one and he loves to have the democrats as the fall guy but that's only one part of it there's much more to it obviously trump made a disastrous error in appointing his wife to be transportation secretary we knew that was a payoff straight up I mean, her family is from Taiwan, one of the big shipping conglomerates in the world. It looked so like a TV drama of corrupt politics like I've never seen. And look at Mitch McConnell here now. What is this guy celebrating what's going on with with Biden? We're talking about this as if there really are two parties and we're not run by a deep state. Um, Okay, got it. (laughs) Okay, I think you just said it all. I mean, you know, I was going to bring up later war and talk about Napoleon invading Russia and the victory at Borodino, uh, the the Pyrrhic victory of the victory of Borodino, how the Russians left a hollow city for them to invade called Moscow. And we'll get get to that. Yeah. But I also wanted to speak with you about movies and TV because I saw a new show on Prime called The Terminal List. Have you seen it? No. Mm-mm. Oh, my God, Jeff, you're a you're a great fiction writer and especially suspense thrillers. So I'm going to mention it for a reason. The terminal list. You talk about the deep state. That's why I'm jumping to something irrelevant to, to our discussion. I'm a TV addict. I have been since I'm a child. It's how I relax. I love to watch movies in particular. Movies, number one, without ads. I can't take the ads. I like car shows. That's about it. I, I don't know what else. I'll watch news once in a while. I can't take it more than a minute. So the terminal list begins with a special ops operation somewhere in the Middle East. They're in a tunnel after the landing on the shore. And of the team, 10 of them get wiped out. They were set up 
by someone inside the deep state with false information. And two men come back and survive. And of course, they're hunted down by the deep state to be killed. Turns out it's defense contractors behind the scenes who plotted this whole thing, setting them up for false with false state information from from a guy in Syria. And now they're trying to kill the one survivor. It's horrible to watch and eerie to watch. Whoever plotted this knows something that we don't know. But you write these kinds of things, don't you? Yeah, it's it's the the way we approach these. And I I say we, but uh, it's basically asking yourself, what if and what if in terms of science fiction or fantasy goes much farther out? But what if in terms of uh, current geopolitical stories has to do with, you know, what if uh, the president were being blackmailed? What if uh, somebody was a plant? What if? Uh, you know, equipment was left in Afghanistan so that we would go back to war with them, but with better equipment. Um, you mean just so the defense manufacturers can have a new new contracts to build new equipment? Exactly, because you're going to have to replace all that material that you didn't bring back. I think we've talked about this before. Well, that's exactly what we're seeing here. Right? There's a scene in this TV drama, Jeff, where yeah. they show these contractors haranguing a congressman behind the scenes saying, the defense secretary wants to cut the budget. And she and he said, if they do, it's bad for my business. I don't like that. Go see that holdout congressman, you know, and take care yeah. of the business with that special forces guy right now. OK, so is it it's, it's plausible. Michael Savage, a host like no other. But, you know, we have a war raging on right now. At least one war that we know of. We do know contractors are a phenomenally important constituent in Washington. They're more important than the voters. They are the lobbyists, in essence. How do we know they don't want this to go on? What's going on here? Because they want they don't want the Republican conservatives who promised to cut back on payments to Ukraine and equipment to Ukraine. Maybe they don't want that. You know, reverse that statement. If they didn't want it to go on, it wouldn't go on. OK, if, if somebody in power says enough, that will be the end of it. Um, but what we're seeing, I think you need to do a larger pullback. And what I said at the top about looking at the root and not the fruit. We have people like Bill Gates and others saying the world is overpopulated. Oh, God. Um, so all of a sudden, well, there's covid and then there's a vaccine which apparently is is causing death among young men. Then you've got all these uh, immigrants uh, who will end up getting drafted at some point. Uh, are, are we seeing some really comprehensive uh, plan for the future of humanity? That's my what if, you know? You, well, I agree with you. There's no question about it that the power structure, like the Bill Gates people who have these visions of a smaller population, and we read about it all the time, they really want to diminish the population by killing us off. Well, they're certainly starting in the womb, and why not uh, carry it further? I don't know if I go that far myself. I do know that they're all power mad. They have nothing to do with themselves and have that kind of power or money, except try to become gods themselves, you know, and extend their own lives forever type of thing. 
Sure, and I don't want to. I don't want to project something like uh, like the old idea of the Illuminati or or some <laughs> cabal, right. or some cabal like that. Because I I don't I don't necessarily think it's organized, but I think that there are opportunistic moments where people say, "Well, we can make a fortune here. Look at look at the vaccine, the the vaccine that apparently doesn't work very well." Uh, it's it's um, it's it's not an accident that. Uh, billions and billions of dollars are being poured into things without oversight it really no trump is the one who pushed the vaccine let's be clear well but what information was he getting in those early stages well he was getting it from from people who were unreliable Uh, i certainly oppose fauci i know i know his activity since the aids epidemic in, in the 80s i knew he was a crooked a crooked twig uh but but he was just an one example of many in in the society who care only about you know their own side they're not alone in that that's how human beings generally are look at the way that major universities like yale and nyu are expanding their reach into medicine and physicians and hospitals and controlling all of it i was with a doctor recently just for an annual checkup and he was trying to push calcium blockers well because you're of an age you're, you know, yeah, you right. should be looking at at um at arthritis and said I, I play the piano i'm fine and then he tried to push a couple of vaccines for <laughs> variety of things and i said really i don't want any of it and he said well, you can't blame me for trying. And I said, I, oh, actually, Jesus. I do. I do blame you for trying. That's a horrible thing to say. It really is. It's just about they're all profit centers and they're pushing uh, they're pushing elective surgeries and things that you just don't need. They're pushing they're replacing knees and hips as if, you know, there's no collateral damage whatsoever of having plastic or metal inserted into your body. I don't I don't like any of that. And it concerns me greatly. It, it does me, too. I mean, I don't I've never even gotten a flu shot in my whole life no. or a shingle shot. Everyone I know, guys, I know my age. They lined up for them. I said, what are you, nuts? I would never take these vaccines. They're not proven. No, but we've been raised. We've been raised to believe in the medical profession. Well, I took a polio shot in the 50s. It probably saved my life. Who knows? Well, but that's just it. When we were young in the 50s and there was Salk and Sabin, these were people of great reputation. Yes, uh, we're not we're not seeing that anymore, or at least we saw those people being silenced like like Dr. Robert Malone. Um, and I again, nobody seems unduly upset about the extent to which the government and Twitter, for example, were colluding. Oh, boy. And with the FBI was spending half their their time inside these social networks, blocking, blocking and, and- or at school board meetings, nobody really seems upset by this. Well, it seems like the Sovietization of America, but it's not a shock to me. I think 20 years ago, I wrote a book where I called it the USS of A. I think it was in the, the Enemy Within. I called it the USS of A. I spent the chapter on it. We had become moving toward the Sovietization. So now we look at Sam Bankman Freed. I have never seen a miscarriage of justice like this in my life. You know, we're all upset when we see, I'm sorry to say, a black person breaking into a store and taking a shelf full of, uh, of you know, aspirin and hairsprays out of a Walgreens. It's terrible, right? Terrible. Yeah. yeah. But Sam Bankman free pulls off a scam like this on the crypto fraud. He's released on a $250 million bond, which, by the way, Jeff, the money wasn't even put up yet. 
and he won't disclose who the two people are who put it up with the two entities. People are speculating what he told the judge they don't want to expose their names because they'll be harassed. He then is released from the parents house and goes back to New York and it pleads not guilty. The man is having the time of his life. He's actually smirking in all the photos I've seen of him. He's sneering and smirking. He can't even control the fact that he knows he just screwed over everyone in the legal system. How would you feel if you were a, like a, a, a poor, just a poor minority? How would you feel? I'd feel really bad about this justice system. Well, sure. I, again, you know, is Ghislaine Maxwell the only trafficker in history who never had a client? It's it's. Oh, it's oh un- yeah. She didn't have a client, but she was put, put away forever. Right. Yeah. But in a in a kind of a, a luxurious, relatively speaking, prison. So again, where is she? Uh, I, I forget the name of the place, but it's it's one of those, uh, uh, you know, not not too not too locked down uh, prisons. Um, you've probably seen the pictures in any case. No, the justice system is failing. And, you know, there's a one thing that when I started doing the techno thrillers and, uh, the only conversation I ever had with Tom Clancy, is he said, the reason that people like my books is because ultimately the system works. Mm-hmm. And I've always maintained that posture in everything that I've, that I've written. It'll all end well. Everything you, will work out. Well, even if it doesn't, it's because the system, the, the system was still standing. Uh, and we're not seeing that anywhere around us anymore. You mean that the system's not standing? No, the system is not working. No, it, it isn't. It isn't at all. The border is completely busted open because of the the churches, the gangsters in the in the in the immigration world, which are or it's organized crime. The whole immigration world is an immig- is all organized crime. We all know about the drugs coming in under the guise of humanitarianism. I don't have to go through the whole. And instead of arguing over that, they're arguing over McCarthy. So if you were writing the novel to bring it all back to McCarthy, the Speaker of the House of Ill Repute, how would you write it out from here with this battle, Jeff? How does it go? I hate to put you on the spot. I'm not trying to say predict, but how would you write this? Well, as you said, if McCarthy does manage to pull it out, and there are enough people in Congress who want him, uh, that he still may be able to do that. He may promise something uh, excessive to uh, to the 20 holdouts or not the 20 of them, but enough so that he can win. Um, but- As we're talking, Biden comes back giving remarks after coming back from Kentucky. He went to kiss <laughs> Mitch McConnell. McConnell's yeah, ring. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. it's shocking. And there he is with the shuffling gait. You know, this is a man who should never be seen from a rear shot. When he's standing straight, he looks together. But when he they shoot him walking away from the cameras, Biden, he's shuffling with Parkinson's disease. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, are are you surprised that we have, a uh, you know, uh, a cabal, to use the word again, running this country because we do not have a leader? Well, maybe the Kabbalah is running the country. Well, the Kabbalah. That would, that, that <laughs> Every would time I hear the word Kabbalah, I think Kabbalah. I mean, it's mystical to me how corrupt things could get in the country still functions. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. I just went to the supermarket. It's a storm out here on the West Coast, like 
I haven't seen in 20 years. I mean, we're being battered storm after storm after storm. And you go to the market, you know, the shelves are half empty. So I spoke to the people in the market. Yeah. They said, well, it's after New Year's. It's a lag week. We don't really restock till Friday. This week, we didn't really, really order a lot of things. It's starting to look like the Soviet Union in the markets. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm seeing that all over. It's you too in your no, abs- absolutely. And we're not even talking about a rush on toilet paper like we had two years ago. You know, what were the old ladies hoarding toilet paper for for the covid? They thought they'd have <laughs> endless diarrhea or what? I, again, I, again, it's I don't understand those- that. Why toilet paper of all things? Michael, we wrote the book. Stop mass hysteria. <laughs> you just light a match and everything. It's like, why did everybody want, you know, an Elmo doll years ago? It's just they, they were stepping on each other to get one just to say you couldn't get toilet paper till they stopped. You couldn't take buy more than four rolls. The yeah. old women went out looking crestfallen. Yeah, but the idea that that we would be run by the Kabbalah would be a kind of an interesting, you know, the, the idea of a mystical interpretation of the Bible uh being used to run the country you know to have people screaming for the for the uh the good old-fashioned bible back mccarthy loses sixth ballot for speaker we understand in the in the 20s it went up to eight votes before they in the 1920s well this one they knew they knew right away when uh other candidates had 20 had amassed 20 votes uh that he wasn't going to win this one but you know some new stars were born jeff i um saw a gentleman speak today i have to pull it up warren davidson gets up never heard of him yeah he's a congressman ohio and he starts with why would i as a conservative as an army ranger business guy the first guy that the house freedom caucus backed in a congressional race why would i nominate kevin mccarthy and i paid close attention to him he is the real stuff this guy i never heard of him and i said jesus we still have guys like him whenever i hear army ranger i listen very carefully to me, they're incorruptible. They love America. Whatever this man said, I agreed with. You know, they're the kind that keep this country alive. And yet he said at the end of his speech, he said, today, I plead with all of my Republican colleagues, let cool and more rational heads prevail. Let us unite as Republicans. And he said, unlike Democrats, blah, blah, blah. And he says, that's why we got to work together. And he goes to the end and he says, that's why I'm going to back Kevin McCarthy. It's that simple. You know, something in our nature as humans causes us to dehumanize others when we engage in conflict. Dehumanizing others makes it easier to ascribe bad motives and to engage in the fight. But it also makes it harder to understand one another. As actions push further disagreement, arguments tend to escalate rather than resolve. We're on the precipice of such a destructive argument today. I plead with all, all of my Republican colleagues Let cooler, more rational heads prevail. Let us unite as Republicans to elect the next Speaker of the House. And and this is one of the the toughest guys out there. He said, now's the time for deeds, not words. And I nominate Kevin McCarthy for Speaker of the House. I humbly ask for your support. I was quite surprised because when he started speaking, Jeff, I thought he was going to nominate one of the one of the, uh, uh, you know, one of the redneck hardcore. Yeah, ultimately, McCarthy again, has enough support to justify this, to, to justify uh, being named speaker, uh, but also to start a rebuilding process now is going to look terrible. What are they going to do? Go outside and 
you know, get John Boehner back. It's it's the the whole idea is is crazy at this point. They should just close the deal and then fix it later on. Yeah, because now the country's laughing at Republicans. Trump looks like he's completely impotent. Well, in in many ways, he is. Again, that that faux pas uh, yesterday, I think it was about uh, blaming uh, a pro-life activist for the loss. That's in, what he uh, said in the election. Yeah. 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 It's um, when I saw this guy, Gates, whatever his name is, nominate uh, someone else yesterday. I said, oh, these people are stupid. He split the ticket. Now we're reading Dems get popcorn, blankets and alcohol. We see that. Uh, well, how, is that any, how is that any different from usual? <laughs> Pelosi's walking around the house today, taking bows, celebrating with them. <laughs> I had the fear she wanted to come back. And uh, good God, what's going to happen next? Well, How the question is, could the Democrats peel off enough Republicans to form the the, the coalition government that AOC was touting today? Now, what uh, is that? What well, co- that would be if you if you peel off enough Republicans uh, to vote for Nancy Pelosi or Hakeem or, or one of those other guys, uh, you know, then you you do have a, a shuffled deck as opposed you to think that they're going to get Republicans to vote for this racist Hakeem Jeffries. I have absolutely no idea. Michael. I don't mind. He's a Democrat, but this guy is a left wing, anti-Semitic, anti-American, anti-white fanatic. I think, yeah. don't you? It, it, again, that defines so much of the Democrat Party. Because Every word the- out of Hakeem Jeffries mouth is, is white supremacy. Everyone white is no good. The guy is a nightmare. Well, but you know what? A lot of that is just posturing at this point. People are getting tired of it. Hollywood's getting tired of it even. And um, you can we're, we're going to see some pushback on Katzenberg, that. Katzenberg, Matzenberg and Ratzenberg are stopping the, the white supremacy talk. Well, <laughs> how to get that in. It's funny you should mention. I, I got to look. I've got to look it up because the first uh, first speaker of the house was a guy named Mullenberg, and I gotta wonder if he was uh, if he was Jewish. I kind of oh, doubt it. But the first speaker of the house going back in our country's history was a Mullenberg. Yeah, yeah. Frederick. Yeah, but not every Berg is a Jew. A lot no, of Bergs were German. Well, but you just you just rattled off those names. But isn't a, a Berg, me, Berg means wood? Doesn't a woodland basically uh, a Berg? Berg. Well, yeah. It's, a, it's an area. Uh, it's, yeah, an Berg, a yeah. burger, a burger. Ballot number six fails. Trump can't say McCarthy. Mega drama from MAGA. Jeez. Uh, well, you know, look, this this will all be decided by the time this podcast is available. And so uh, we should probably look and see what the what the damage might be, whether this is going to be a um, a prelude to the presidential process next year. Uh, whether we're going to see this in the primaries, this kind of hardcore resistance to unity. And that's really what it is. You hear someone just wrote this on Twitter. McCarthy is a neocon for sure. He's better than Jeffries by a long shot for sure. But he's not agreeing to reasonable concessions to get this radical so-called right wing sect of the GOP's votes. They want border security legislation. They want term limits bill brought up for a vote and they want a commitment to reducing the deficit. And McCarthy won't agree to any of that. Well, that's just that's just insanity. He should. I mean, first of all, the the border security is is the law. So he's saying, well, we're not going to support the law. We're not going to enforce it. I mean, by legislation. 
The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. We're moving on now. Are you working on a current um, novel of any kind? or? No, I've got some. Um, I, I finished the, the latest um, uh, Op Center novel, uh, which involves China. And uh, uh, that, that'll be out in May. And I'm not sure I want to do any more of those. I've got some um, some movie sales that uh, that have happened, which I can't really talk about yet, and those are going forward. So that's uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, good. Uh, mostly, mostly, I'm uh, I'm I'm describing myself as a pianist now. Got a got a baby grand that makes me very happy. Hmm. You got a what? A new baby grand piano? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lost and found, enormous Viking hall dating back more than a thousand years on Earth in Denmark. You know, lately, Jeff, I'm getting sweeps of history going through my mind. How so? Archaeology, tombs that are on on Earth, and they see I see skulls, and I'm saying I'm 81 years old. <laughs> what the hell does this all matter? You know, I mean, in the long sweep. <laughs> it's, it's racial. It's racial memory, Michael. It's your your uh, atavistic past is uh, is returning to your conscious mind. My which past? Atavistic past. Oh, your, my atavistic your, past. Yeah, it's it's creeping through your unconscious up to your conscious mind now. I mean, what does this all matter? I keep saying to my, I'm starting to get this nihilistic view. Toxic influencers, uh, Idaho murder suspect. Well, the the reality is is that impacts us all very little. I don't know why we don't just look away from it and concentrate on our immediate community and the people who are near and dear to us because we have no impact on the rest of it except for voting. And even that is co-opted. So uh, I think, you know, when I think back to Jesus and the apostles, all right, there there were a dozen guys who he had gathered around him Instead of, you know, uh, uh, huge crowds, and, and there were occasionally those, of course, but he was counting on a core group of people to spread a word, the word. Oh, you mean Jesus? Others. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I'm saying, I'm thinking that's the best that we can do. Talk to people. You know, people don't want to talk, we're told. They, they, they just want to yell at you and argue and whatever. But if you're reasonable and, and listen to them and ask them, why do you believe that? You find that many of their arguments just collapse of their own stupid weight pretty quickly, which gives you an opportunity to talk. And that's the best that we can do. Here's another story that, that makes you shake your head. Co-owner of, quote, Queer Indigenous Artists Collective outed as white. Okay, another... another. <laughs> Jeff, we're living in insane times, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Has it ever been this insane in American American history? No, but we thought in the 1960s that it couldn't get crazier than the hippies and peace and love and, and you know, the silent majority and all of that stuff. So every generation or every couple of generations, there's a new, can it get any crazier than this? I think the ancient Greeks had been writing about that as well. Uh, there, there were a couple of quotes about the uh, the young generation that could just as easily be applied to, to us today. When we have a bartender, a hateful, twisted bartender like occasional cortex, suddenly popping up as a some somewhat sane leader proposing a coalition government as the speakership voting grinds on the cards that are in McCarthy's hands. And if he chooses to approach uh, the Democratic caucus, then that would be a negotiation in and of itself for potential coalition government. I know this country's in trouble when even she is being quoted as reasonable. 
said she anything is possible if she was seen having conversation with reps Paul Gosar, rep Arizona, and Matt Gates are Florida. I don't like that Matt Gates, by the way, after watching him. I don't trust him at all. I think he's a snake. Well, it's what I said earlier about AOC and her and her coalition government. It's it's when when we've reached that stage, uh, you know that that your cause is in danger of collapsing for all time. So at the same time this happened, Benedict died. And there's a funeral yesterday for the Pope Benedict. Right. Yeah. And he he was a good one as a non-Catholic. I liked him. He, he was a very traditional Catholic, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. A, and he was a learned theologian and he listened to people. What I just said, you've got to talk to people. Um, yes, he was hardcore, but there's something to be said for that. You and I have talked about the lack of objective morality in the world today. We need that. You were just you were just talking about the, you know, the transgender this and the, the queer that and whatever. And that's not a knock on any individual, but it just shows how we're we're flailing. Everybody is divided. Into oh, this whole queer thing is an overdose on on compassion and sympathy. Come on. It's just an overdose. The country's ODing on the LGBTQ garbage. I've had enough of it myself, and I don't care what people do in the bedroom. I've said it a thousand times. I am a sexual libertarian. Do what the hell you want. Leave the children alone. But I've had enough of this overdose of LGBTQ and sexuality in general, by the well, way. Well, what you're seeing is we and by by we, I'm meaning everyone who is not a part of that group are being expected to cheerlead now for other people's choices. And that is wrong and unfair because we we have our private opinions. We have our private lives. You should, too, whoever you are. Well, they don't want us to have a private opinion. They want us to have their opinion. The exactly. smallest of minorities want everyone to agree with their lifestyle, which to many people is a death style in plain yeah. English. Yeah. I'm sorry okay. to use an old phrase. Now, Trump, let's talk about him for a minute. He attempted to intervene and he won McCarthy no votes. The 20 dissenters are still dissenting, even though most of them follow the Make America Great Again theme. What does that tell us about Trump? Uh, I no, think okay, time, I shouldn't. You don't, nobody wants to say anything bad. I get no, it. No, 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 no. It's not that at all. I think his time has passed. Um, but we talked about this in our 2022 wrap up, which is that he he was um, beaten up pretty bad and uh, came out of it somehow and wants to get back in the game. But four years have passed. He clearly has learned very little about the use of social media and tact uh, when he came out swinging against uh, Ron DeSantis, calling him to sanctimonious. No, oh, yeah. For the election, that was really a bad call. And a lot of people left him then. This attack against um, uh, the, the pro-life faction, uh, the loss of people that he supported, their losses in the election, uh, all of this has damaged him. And how he handles that damage is going to uh, dictate what kind of a candidate he is and how long he is in this race. Well, he, he would rather see the party burn to the ground and, 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 a, and a Democrat elected than, than uh, see someone he doesn't like, like DeSantis win. In his mind, he created DeSantis. Therefore, he owns him. He will never let him go. He'll never let that eagle fly. He'd rather clip its wings 
and crush it than see it get anywhere. That's the terrible truth. I'm one of the I, greatest I, supporters of Donald Trump originally, but you know, everyone has their dance in the sun. I'm just thinking about that in 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 the, before the show. Or I met a poet in San Francisco. Oh, I don't know, 30 years ago. I don't, don't remember his name. It was one, one of the most brilliant titles I've ever heard. I was laying in bed thinking about my own life called a, a short dance in the sun. I, I'm going to look it up to see who he was. It was an Irish poet. He lived out in the avenues. I had poet friends, took us to his house. We had a lot of beer together. He was a nice middle class, middle aged guy, a short dance in the sun. That's all we get. And I think that we're talking about someone who thinks he's immortal. Well, I don't know about that, um, honestly. Uh, and Neil Diamond actually wrote a really good song about that uh, uh, probably 50 years ago called Done Too Soon, uh, where he just listed a whole bunch of names from all walks of life, famous people, and they all had one thing in common. Uh, they regretted being done too soon. Home of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation. Look at this. I'm looking up a short dance in the sun on Google. Yeah. Listen to this. A short dance in the sun. Michael Savage on Twitter. A short dance in the sun. August 26, 2019. And they're quoting, I think, the same story on Twitter. Wait. A short dance in the sun all we get. And then, oh, my God. Wow. This is an stupid comments people make on Twitter. Sometimes I don't know why I'm on it at my age. With well, my level of accomplishment, I, I I can't help it though. It is a direct communication with the people, even even though some of them are vile. Well, look, Michael, you're you're a person of faith, and so to look at the physical life, what what we call the gross body, uh, as the be all and end all, I think is uh, is the wrong way to approach the soul and eternity. Um, this is just a chapter. It's not it's not how the story ends. How does it end? It ends with with another level. I think uh, I think that, that's something that all well, most anyway, of the great religions agree and even some of the not so great religions. Uh, I think we talked about um, John Polkinghorne, uh, the uh, the Cambridge uh, particle physicist who was specialized in chaos theory and uh, quantum mechanics. And he finally gave it up because the numbers started not making any sense when you got down to the quantum level. So he became instead an Anglican priest, deciding he would come at the problem from another direction, the problem of creation and of life. Mm. And he was talking at one point in an interview about a higher material that he thinks existed that is beyond this life that is beyond our bodies. And uh, I liked that concept as a, as a repository for the soul. We don't understand anything about, for example, time. We think of it as a linear progression. It may go in backwards, forwards, just as it does on a, on a quantum scale. Uh, so for us to say that this is all is uh a, a kind of a bone to throw to the, I think it was Thomas Merton who called it the limited and fragmentary nature of the conscious mind, right? It can't begin to comprehend everything. Well, that's a question that can provoke hours of discussion. And I'm going to, well, yes, but I found that who wrote a short dance in the sun. I found it finally George Benet, B-E-N-E-T. Okay. And Studs Terkel is quoted saying George Benet's book about the San Francisco longshoremen reflects the reality and durability of his life. 
a short dance of the sun with its love, death and suffering is like a tough piece of leather, says Studs, said Studs Turkle. I know you know who he was. Yeah. yeah. But I did re- meet him, George Benet, and he was a longshoreman. And that's why I related to him. I mean, there was another longshoreman called Eric Hoffer. Eric Hoffer had been a longshoreman, I believe, who wrote an incredible book. Right. And, you know, those men from that era of the 40s and the 50s. The, the you talk about working class, that was working class, you know, a short dance in the sun. I've never quite forgotten that phrase because it's all we get, Jeff. And then what? They put us in the ground. Then what? Where does our, do we have a Jeff? Do we have a soul? Where does the soul go? Yeah, we, we do have a soul. And when you talk about the body being put in the ground, that's just Sadhguru, the great yogi, called it uh, uh, wheat, corn, and water. And that's not expected to last very long. It's not designed to last very long. Its design, apparently, is to individualize the energy that's been put inside of us. And why do we hold on to every minute? I don't want to die. I hold on to every second. Well, but that's that's the, the creature part of it. It's not the being part of us. That's, um, you know, again, talking about the atavistic nature of human beings, that's the animal part of us. But, that, you know, sometimes I get these feelings where I know I could actually pass away if I don't want to live. I actually get a feeling that if I let go of my desire to live, I'm going to I'm going to actually pass away. Do you believe that we have that control over our destiny? Absolutely. Look, look at what stress does to kill people. Okay, what is stress? Stress is not a physical thing. Cells have basically two positions, like like computers, uh, binary code, on and off. If we feed them, if we treat them right, they stay on. If we don't, they turn off. They say, oh, okay, it's time to shut down. Let's die. And all that has to happen is for some cells to die for the rest of the machine to start to collapse. We've seen that. I'm not a physician. This is just logic. You know, we've seen this happen time and again. What are you I, saying? I, people can will themselves to die? Why not? I, mean, I think we can. Don't we do that all the time? And I'm not talking about suicide. I'm just talking about what, how we approach life. We get angry, for example. When we get angry, does that do anything to the person we're angry at? No. no. Where does all that go? It does it to us. It, it cycles back to, to hurt us. I've come to understand that even though I have a very hot temper, I right. try to control my rages. I try to control my anger. If I look at news that I don't like, I, I take a deep breath now and I say, what does it really have to do with you? Nothing. How is that really affecting your life? Watch it as though a charade, a joke from 1820. Watch as though it's going to be watched 100 years from now. It's history because that's the only way I could just detach from it. You never even heard of the first secretary of uh, a speaker of the house. So, you know, he was important then. No, well, it doesn't. It, 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 it's not resolving right now. There's still 11 votes for some new clown that the Republicans came up with a new clown. They split the ticket again with some African-American clown. I don't understand these people. I don't know what they're doing. Well, they're but sure again, you, can, you can't figure it out. It's not worth trying to figure out. What do they have? A, listen, how many Republicans? How many? What do we have? A one vote majority in the House as a Republican? Oh, it's, a, it's a couple of more than that. But look, in a week from now, this will all be forgotten. It'll be done. <laughs> and who will care? So the Republicans had a short dance in the sun of a victory. Well, I predicted that they was no, not going to be a big, big red wave. I said it a month two before I saw it coming. I also said it was abortion. Well, you said, yeah, you asked, you wanted to know, I remember you wondering who put abortion on the Supreme Court's calendar. 
I said that it was a sabotage that was done by Mitch McConnell. That's 100 percent what happened. No one will ever prove it. I'd like to see the, the notes in the minutes, but everyone disagreed with me on abortion being the deciding factor. And now suddenly they're coming around and even Donald Trump saying it was abortion. Not it was him. abortion. It was also the idea that the Republicans were somehow going to kill Social Security. Fear. Oh, really? They, they, they promised that or that was the lie? No, that was that was the way the, the idea, the idea, not even an act, but the idea of privatizing Social Security. Uh, that was that got inflated to the point of, oh, they want to kill it. You know, it's sort of like don't say gay in Florida. That wasn't what that law was about, but that became the buzzword and people didn't look any deeper than that. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Jeff, I'm seeing a story here, which we'll end with on COVID. Um, headline, families film burning corpses of COVID victims in China. Cases explode. Why do you think that this new variant is so virulent? Well, first of all, if we're talking about that uh, Omicron, uh, what is it, XBB 1.5 or whatever it is, apparently it's very contagious and not and not fatal. And the question you have to ask yourself is how much underlying causes increased the toxicity of COVID, whether it was heart problems, diabetes, obesity, all the things you can't talk about um, because you got to write on the death certificate COVID. Um, so I don't know who is dying and why. And I'm not I'm not trying to be flip about it. It's just we are an egregiously out of shape civilization or certainly in the United States, a society. And uh, it, it doesn't take much to push us over the edge. And that let me just finish with this. Well, that's idea. in China that they're dying off. No, no, I understand that. We don't know what killed them. Well, you're going to believe everything you, you see coming out of China. Of course not. You're saying what? Just old age? They're just burning their ancestors now? It, it could. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I like the old idea in Japan of uh, carrying them up on a on a mountain and just leaving them in the snow to die peacefully. Um, that sounds but, very noble, but uh, please. I, <laughs> Putin sends off frigate on with new hypersonic cruise missiles into the Atlantic Ocean. Russian President Putin on Wednesday sent the frigate off to the Atlantic Ocean armed with hypersonic Zircon cruise missiles. Isn't that great news? Well, again, why are you worried about that? If somebody wanted to start a nuclear war, they would have started it. This is all this is all just posturing. You don't think Putin will use even tactical nukes? He, he might in Ukraine. Certainly, if we keep supplying uh, uh, missiles that kill soldiers, at some point there's going to be uh, a retribution. Well, I saw that um, 400 Russian soldiers were killed last week with U.S. supplied missiles. Right. And I'll have to repeat again, it's the Ukrainian people who are mainly suffering, although the Russians are suffering, too, from this insanity, but mainly the Ukrainians. So I tweeted this. I want to hear what you have to say about it since I brought it up. Russia loses 400 young recruits from U.S. missiles. They will see this the same way Spain saw Guernica, Nazi bombs raining down on them. Why do we permit our warmongering stupid Demikins to escalate this war? Do you think the Russians will walk away? The Ukrainians also want peace. What do you think of that, Jeff? Do I think that the Russians will walk away? Not not in those not in those words. I I do believe they want out. They've made their point, whatever that point is. They've spilled enough blood. How I don't know how you quantify that. What they wanted was their territory and for NATO to stay away. I think they probably have achieved some of that. 
Well, they took back some provinces that they claim belong to them. You could argue about that from today until kingdom come of who who owns Ukraine. It's the Ukrainians own Ukraine. But okay, so they took a piece of it that borders with Russia. They created a barrier like a a, a no go zone is what they're doing there. Uh, Do you think the Russians will finally say enough is enough with all these losses? Not as that, not as such. No, no. Um, it, it has to be. There has to be face saving. Uh, That's what this, I'm saying. Yeah. Jeff, for the listeners of this show who don't know anything about Russia or the Russian mindset, I want to remind them about Borodino in the War of 1812. You know about it. Napoleon wins an inconclusive victory at Borodino. Bloodiest single day of fighting in the Napoleonic Wars. The French Grand Army wins a tactical victory. But the Russian army under Field Marshal Mikhail Kutuzov is able to withdraw rather than being destroyed. More than 70,000 dead and wounded lie on the field when the battle is over. The defense of Moscow is compromised and Napoleon marches into the Russian capital of Moscow a week later. But Tsar Alexander I does not surrender and his army remains a viable fighting force. The Russian scorched earth policy, I'll repeat that, the Russian scorched earth policy has deprived the French army of sustenance. And by October, Napoleon is compelled to begin the long march back to France, which destroys the French army as a fighting force. People have to listen to this next line, Jeff. After the disastrous campaign in which around 400,000 French soldiers are lost, Napoleon must raise another army as Austria and Prussia exit their imposed alliance with France, triggering the war of the Sixth Coalition. 400,000 French died fighting Russia. How many Russians died in World War II? How many Germans died in World War II? We all know about American losses. What I'm saying is the staggering numbers from previous wars have not yet been seen because there's not been total war. My fear, Jeff, is that if we keep embarrassing Russia by giving Ukraine these very advanced American weapons, we're going to force his hand. We're going to force Putin's hand into using tactical nuclear weapons on the battlefield to knock out 100,000 Ukrainians at once or use a tactical nuke on Kiev. I, I don't I don't see that happening because then you lose any kind of authority to um, uh, to claim victory. I mean, that's that's not a victory. You know, that's just that's just total destruction. And that's not going to serve Putin or the regime or Russia any good in the years ahead. Look what we did in Vietnam while we got our asses kicked because we were fighting a war the same way the Russians are with one hand behind our back. The same exact story is unfolding from the Russian point of view right now. Remember the screams, either withdraw, win it or lose it. That's what they're hearing in Russia. And the hard line in Russia wants this over with and they want them to do whatever it takes to, to crush Ukraine, Jeff. We, I think we all know that they could have crushed Ukraine with, with nuclear weapons at the, at the onset of this. Um, there, there's a political and diplomatic reason why that hasn't been done. I don't know it, uh, but it has to do with then what? How do you recover from that? Do you become a pariah state? Uh, and the answer is yes. So 
what what is Putin to do? It's a war of attrition, sort of like Napoleon fought before they were just the, the French and the Russians was just bloody exhausted after all of that fighting. And we're reaching that stage now. Who's exhausted more? Um, well, probably the Russian conscripts because they're not fighting for their homeland. They're fighting. They're fighting for uh, Putin, which isn't the same thing. But, you know, we're testing. I see the military industrial complex over here. This is not about the noble cause of defending Ukraine. After again, going back to that show I saw called The Terminalist. These are defense contractors testing their weapons on the battlefield. Absolutely. These are defense contractors uh, depleting the stockpiles of older iterations of anti-tank missiles so the Defense Department orders new ones. Sure. Do you think that that Hiroshima and Nagasaki were just about winning the war? It was to show the rest of the world we've got this and we will continue to have it. I'm, I'm, I was going to bring up Nagasaki and Hiroshima yeah, yeah. and say, you know, we certainly have quite a history with regard to total war or or firebombing Dresden, for example, a non-military target in Germany to teach them a lesson. Or the firebombing of Tokyo, which I, I believe we'd have to look this up, may have killed more people than the uh, the, the atomic weapon. I think 200,000 people died from the firebombing because the houses were made of basically paper. Wood, yeah. Wooden yeah. paper. Look, these are object lessons. These these things, these those, those atomic bombs, et cetera, et cetera, um, are made to make a point. Uh, it, it has been said, well, we could have exploded them in the, in the ocean. We didn't have to drop them on cities. No, that that doesn't show the the devastation. Oh, Bushido possible. would never permitted the Japanese. In fact, you know, many of them didn't even want to quit until the emperor came out and was seen. No, I've got a um, I've got a, uh, a little billboard written by Saburo Sakai, um, who was in charge of defending the Japanese island from the islands from invasion. Huh. And it says never give up never surrender bushido uh, yeah absolutely absolutely and by the way i'm not advocating nuclear weapons here i'm saying that if you were truman what would you have done to end this war and to send a signal to russia that uh, that you now have an unstoppable weapon well we know macarthur wanted to drop a nuclear weapon on the uh, dams in china and flood flood their farmlands MacArthur wanted to go forward and, and conquer China after World War, after conquering Japan. We know what happened to him for, to the result of that. Yeah, and Patton wanted to invade Russia or fight the Russians anyway. But that's what generals do. They're supposed to be aggressive. And our statesmen are supposed to constrain them at a certain point. Yeah, checks and balances. But we don't have happens. who's constraining our generals today. They're not running anything. The contractors are running it, not these slobs in the Defense Department. Who's yeah. running this war against Russia? Well, I don't know who's who's conducting oversight of the money we're sending to Ukraine. The answer, nobody. And how much has been funneled back here? What, a hundred billion uh, total, at least half of it. Well, before we go, Jeff, any final thoughts uh, today? as we're sitting here on the precipice of another Republican uh, self-annihilation? Well, again, we've seen this before. We'll see it again. This is uh, something that I would I would urge you not to lose a lot of sleep over, Michael. 
We want to be having this conversation when you're 90. No, no, I I lost sleep last night over takeout food, not over this. (laughs) Okay. I just didn't want to go out to a restaurant and I have an ant invasion from all the rain. They come out of their hives in this rain. They come in a house. So I'm not cooking anything. It only, you know, gets them excited. So I keep the counters filled with 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 orange oil spray. They hate that. Okay. And I don't cook anything. So I had takeout for the first time through Uber Eats. Yeah, it was just awful. I mean, I, how could it be good? Okay. Who would order fried calamari and expect it to be good if it's in a car for 40 minutes? Well, it was no good. Well, uh, and by the way, what you just said, you, you know, you asked me where, where do ideas come from? And you just said about the orange oil to repel the ants. If this were a thriller, I'd think, well, we'd, you'd be in a meeting and a general would say, what we need is some kind of orange oil to stop the enemy advance. Right. Didn't didn't they used to in World War Two, I think they eliminated any kind of uh, rations that would cause the men to uh, be flatulent because that would give away their positions. Boy, that never would have worked in Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> the point is, is, you know, you could take you could take a little comment like that and expand it. And frankly, you can do that for pretty much any political. Oh, you mean to or, turn it into a broader topic and a bigger a whole book thing? Absolutely. You like the orange oil idea for a book? I could see that. Well, you could. Why don't you find a way to apply it to to what's going on in the in the uh, Congress right now? It's look there. There are anything solutions. to cut down on the gas in Congress would be very welcome, of course. Well, you know there are solutions to all of these problems, and they're usually very simple if you only want to look for them. And nobody does. They're too they're too interested in being angry. They're too interested in shortening their lives through stress. It's not worth it. Oh, well. <laughs> and all, your I'm, is Jeff, all I'm great. thinking about right now is tonight. The rain is so bad. The storm is supposed to get worse later. I live right near the bay, and the waves are smashing up on my deck. I live on a breakwater. I'm probably going to go to higher ground tonight. All I'm thinking about is which restaurant might be <laughs> open. No, at the at the end of the day, I have a half a bottle of great French wine that I opened last night. I'll finish it tonight with this meal. I'll watch the rest of that drama on on Amazon Prime. And I hope to God I sleep for a good four to five hours. Sure. Look, just enjoy your life. Try to. And that that's true for everybody. And I would add that you're complaining about the rain. You know, you don't have an earthquake. Be grateful. No, for I that. love the rain because it's put okay. all of the warmest. You don't hear from them now. They're all in the Caribbean uh, planning their next warmest warmest campaign. First, we heard the drought and it was over. The world was coming to an end. California was gone. The driest season in history. I mean, I've known it's a Mediterranean climate. I knew that the rains would come. It comes every few years. It's like this. And here we have a deluge like we did in the 80s. Now the reservoirs are overflowing. The snowpack is like 12 feet in the Sierras. And they're still they don't know what to complain about. Now they're talking about mudslides. So they go from one tragedy to the next. It's all about clickbait and fear. You know that. Meanwhile, you know, uh, uh, Krakatoa will erupt and uh, the world will go into a new ice age. So you never (laughs) know what's going to happen. Well, that's an interesting one. Well, I have my dried food uh, ready in one of my locations. All I got to do is add water. We have plenty of that. Jeff, all I can say is it's always a, a, an honor and a pleasure to have a discussion with you. Same here. And I hope we can continue these on a regular basis here on the on the podcast because they're fun. Absolutely. You know where to find me. Thanks. Appreciate right. it very much. Bye now. Take care, brother. Bye. Brother, I like that. We are brothers. We are brothers, brother Jeff. 
Yeah. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and you'll learn something from it. We have about 400 other episodes available for you to listen to absolutely free. You can go back into our vast library of podcasts and listen to any one of them at any time. And remember this, if you want to listen to my podcast ad-free, sign up for the Savage Premium Membership and get access to ad-free podcasts as well as some premium content from our Savage Archives. How do you sign up for those ad-free podcasts? Please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.